Section 32 of The Glories of Ireland. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Linda Olson Fytak, Los Angeles. The Glories of Ireland, edited by Joseph Dunn and P. J. Lennox. Section 32 irish folklore by alfred percival graves among savage peoples there is at first no distinction of a definite kind between good and bad spirits and when a distinction has been reached a great advance in a spiritual direction has been made for the key to the religion of savages is fear and until such terror has been counteracted by belief in beneficent powers civilization will not follow but the elimination of the fear of the unseen is a slow process indeed it will exist side by side with the belief in christianity itself after a modification through various stages of better pagan belief ireland still presents in its more out-of-the-way districts evidence of that strong persistence in the belief in maleficent or malicious influences of the pre-christian powers of the air which it seems difficult to eradicate from the celtic imagination in the celebrated poem entitled the breastplate of st patrick there is much the same attitude on the part of patrick towards the druids and their powers of concealing and changing of paralyzing and cursing as was shown by moses towards the magicians of egypt indeed in patrick's time a belief in the world of fairies existed even in the king's household for when the two daughters of king leary of ireland ethnia the fair and fidelma the ruddy came early one morning to the well of clebach to wash they found there a synod of holy bishops with patrick and they knew not whence they came or in what form or from what people or from what country but they supposed them to be dhinshich or gods of the earth or a phantasm colgan explains the term dhinshich thus fantastical spirits he writes are by the irish called men of the she because they are seen as it were to come out of the beautiful hills to infest men and hence the vulgar belief that they reside in certain subterranean habitations, and sometimes the hills themselves are called by the Irish Sheed or Shida. No doubt, when the princesses spoke of the gods of the earth, reference was made to such pagan deities as Baal, Dagda the Great, or the Good God, Aina the Moon, goddess of the water and of wisdom, Mananan Maclear the irish neptune chrome the irish series and even the benevolent whose relations to the irish oirfi resembled those of apollo towards orpheus and to the allegiance they owed to the elements the wind and the stars but besides these pagan divinities and powers and quite apart from them the early irish believed in two classes of fairies in the first place a hierarchy of fairy beings well and ill-disposed not differing in appearance to any degree and at any rate 
from human beings good spirits and demons rarely visible during the daytime and in the second place there was the magic race of the didanan who after conquest by the venetians transformed themselves into fairies and in that guise continued to inhabit the underworld of the irish hills and to issue thence in support of irish heroes or to give their aid against other fairy adversaries there is another theory to account for the fairy race it is that they are angels who revolted with satan and were excluded from heaven for their unworthiness but were not found evil enough for hell and therefore were allowed to occupy that intermediate space which has been called the other world it is still a moot point with the irish peasantry as it was with the irish saints of old whether after being compelled to dwell without death among rocks and hills lakes and seas bushes and forest till the day of judgment the fairies then have the chance of salvation indeed the fairies are themselves believed to have great doubts of a future existence though like many men entertaining undefined hopes of happiness and hence the enmity which some of them have for mankind who they acknowledge will live eternally thus their actions are balanced between generosity and vindictiveness towards the human race mr w y evans wentz a m of leland stanford university california and jesus college oxford has received an honorary degree from the latter university for his thesis the fairy faith in celtic countries its psychical origin and nature a most laborious as well as ingenious work whose object is to prove that the origin of the fairy faith is psychical and that fairyland being thought of as an invisible world within which the visible world is immersed as an island in an unexplored ocean actually exists and that it is peopled by more species of living beings than this world because incomparably more vast and varied in its possibilities this may be added as a fourth theory to account for the existence of fairies and it may be further stated here that the irish popular belief in ghosts attributes to some of their departed spirits much of the same violence and malice with which fairies are credited mr jeremiah curtin gives striking instances of this kind in his book the folklore of west kerry it became necessary therefore for the gales who believed in the preternatural powers of the fairies for good and ill to propitiate them as far as possible on may eve accordingly cattle were driven into raths and bled there some of the blood being tasted the rest poured out in sacrifice men and women were also bled on these occasions the seekers for buried treasure over which fairies were supposed to have influence immolated a black cock or a black cat to propitiate them again a cow suffering from sickness believed to be due to fairy malice was bled and then devoted to st martin if it recovered it was never sold or killed the first new milk of a cow was poured out on a ground to propitiate the fairies and especially on the ground within a fairy wrath the first drop of any drink is also thrown out by old irish people if a child spills milk the mother says that's for the fairies 
leave it to them and welcome slops should never be thrown out of doors without the warning take care of water lest fairies should be passing invisibly and get soiled by the discharge eddies of dust upon the road are supposed to be caused by the fairies and tufts of grass sticks and pebbles are thrown into the centre of the eddy to propitiate the unseen beings some fairies of life-size who live within the green hills or under the raths are supposed to carry off healthy babes to be made fairy children their abstractors leaving weak changelings in their place similarly nursing mothers are sometimes supposed to be carried off to give the breast to fairy babes and handsome young men are spirited away to become bridegrooms to fairy brides again folk suffering from falling sickness are supposed to be in that condition owing to the fatigue caused by nocturnal rides through the air with the fairies whose steeds are bewitched rushes blades of grass straws fern roots and cabbage stalks the latter to be serviceable for the purpose should be cut into the rude shapes of horses before the metamorphosis can take place iron of every kind keeps away malignant fairies thus a horseshoe nailed to the bottom of the churn prevents butter from being bewitched here is a form of charm against the fairies who have bewitched the butter every window should be barred a great turf fire should be lit upon which nine irons should be placed the bystanders chanting twice over in irish come butter come peter stands at the gate waiting for a buttered cake as the irons become heated the witch will try to break in asking the people to take the irons which are burning her off the fire on their refusing she will go and bring back the butter to the churn the irons may then be removed from the fire and all will go well if a neighbour or stranger should enter a cottage during the churning he should put his hand to the dash or the butter will not come a small piece of iron should be sewed into an infant's clothes and kept there until the child is baptized and salt should be sprinkled over his cradle to preserve the babe from abduction the fairies are supposed to have been conquered by an iron-weaponed race and hence their dread of the metal to recover a spellbound friend stand on all hallows eve at crossroads or at a spot pointed out by a wise woman or a fairy doctor when you have rubbed fairy ointment on your eyelids the fairies will become visible as the host sweeps by with its captive whom the gazer will then be able to recognize a sudden gust announces their approach stooping down you will then throw dust or milk at the procession whose members are then obliged to surrender your spellbound friend if a man leaves home after his wife's confinement some of his clothes should be spread over the mother and infant or the fairies may carry them off it is good for a woman but bad for a man to dream of fairies it betokens marriage for a girl misfortune for a man who should not undertake serious business for some time after such dreaming fairy changelings may be recognized by tricky habits constant crying and other unusual characteristics 
it was customary to recover the true child in the following way the changeling was placed upon an iron shovel over the fire when it would go shrieking up the chimney and the bona fide human child would be restored it was believed that fairy changelings often produced a set of small bagpipes from under the clothes and played dance music upon them till the inmates of the cottage dropped with exhaustion from the effects of the step-dancing they were compelled to engage in on Samhain eve the night before the first of november or as it is now called all hallows night or halloween all the fairy hills or shees are thrown wide open and the fairy host issues forth as mortals who are bold enough to venture near may see naturally therefore people keep indoors so as not to encounter the spectral host the superstition that the fairies are abroad on Samhain night still exists in ireland and scotland and there is a further belief no doubt derived from it that the graves are open on that night and that the spirits of the dead are abroad salt as already suggested is regarded to be so lucky that if a child falls he should always be given three pinches of salt and if a neighbour calls to borrow salt it should not be refused even though it be the last grain in the house an infant born with teeth should have them drawn by the nearest smith and the first teeth when shed should be thrown into the fire lest the fairies should get hold of what had been a part of you those who hear fairy music are supposed to be haunted by the melody and many are believed to go mad or commit suicide in consequence the fairies are thought to engage in warfare with one another and in the year eighteen hundred a specially sanguinary battle was believed to have been fought between two clans of the fairies in county kilkenny in the morning the hawthorns among the fences were found crushed to pieces and drenched with blood in popular belief fairies often go hunting and faint sounds of fairy horns the baying of fairy hounds and the crackling of fairy whips are supposed to be heard on these occasions while the flight of the hunters is said to resemble in sound the humming of bees besides the life-sized fairies who are reputed to have these direct dealings with human beings there are diminutive preternatural beings who are also supposed to come into close touch with men among these is the luchriman lechrogan or brogmaker otherwise known as leprechaun he is always found mending or making a shoe and if grasped firmly and kept constantly in view will disclose hidden treasure to you or render up his sparona schillinge or purse of the inexhaustible shilling he can only be bound by a plough chain or woollen thread he is the symbol of industry which if steadily faced leads to fortune but if lost sight of is followed by its forfeiture love in idleness is personified by another pygmy the jenkanach love talker he does not appear like the leprechaun with a purse in one of his pockets but with his hands in both of them and a dudeen short pipe in his mouth 
as he lazily strolls through lonely valleys making love to the foolish country lasses and gostering with the idle boys to meet him meant bad luck and whoever was ruined by ill-judged love was said to have been with the jean Connach. another evil sprite was the clubber tongue a jolly red-faced drunken little fellow always found astride of a wine-butt singing and drinking from a full tankard in a hard drinker's cellar and bound by his appearance to bring its owner to a speedy ruin then there were the lananchiks or native muses to be found in every place of note to inspire the local bard and the banshees banshees fairy women attached to each of the old irish families and giving warning of the death of one of its members with piteous lamentations black joanna of the boyne shubanduch na boyne appeared on halloween in the shape of a great black fowl bringing luck to the home whose banetti woman of the house kept the dwelling constantly clean and neat the puka who appeared in the shape of a horse and whom shakespeare is by many believed to have adapted as puck was a goblin who combined horseplay with viciousness but also at times helped with the housework the dulagan was a churchyard demon whose head was of a movable kind dr joyce writes you generally meet him with his head in his pocket under his arm or absent altogether or if you have the fortune to light upon a number of the dooligans you may see them amusing themselves by flinging their heads at one another or kicking them for footballs an even more terrible churchyard demon is the fascinating phantom that waylays the widower at his wife's very tomb and poisons him by her kiss when he has yielded to her blandishments of monsters the irish had and still believe in the piast latin bestia huge dragon or serpent confined to lakes by saint patrick till the day of judgment but still occasionally seen in their waters in old finian times namely the days of finn and his companion knights the piasts however roamed the country devouring men and cattle in large numbers and some of the early heroes are recorded to have been swallowed alive by them and then to have hewed their way out of their entrails marrows or mermaids are also still believed in and many folk-tales still exist describing their intermarriage with mortals according to nicholas o'kearney it is the general opinion of many old persons versed in native traditional lore that before the introduction of christianity all animals possessed the faculties of human reason and speech and old story-tellers will gravely inform you that every beast could speak before the arrival of st patrick but that the saint having expelled the demons from the land by the sound of his bell all the animals that before that time had possessed the power of foretelling future events such as the black steed of Bianachlabra, the royal cat of Clomachrichcat, Cloch, and others became mute, and many of them fled to Egypt and other foreign countries. 
cats are said to have been appointed to guard hidden treasures and there are few who have not heard old irish people tell about strange meetings of cats and violent battles fought by them in the neighbourhood it was believed adds o'kearney that an evil spirit in the shape of a cat assumed command over these animals in various districts and that when these wicked beings pleased they could compel all the cats belonging to their divisions to attack those of some other district the same was said of rats and rat expellers when commanding a colony of those troublesome and destructive animals to emigrate to some other place used to address their billet to the infernal rat supposed to hold command over the rest in a curious pamphlet on the power of bardic compositions to charm and expel rats lately published mr eugene o'curry states that a degraded priest who was descended from an ancient family of hereditary bards was enabled to expel a colony of rats by the force of satire hence of course shakespeare's reference to rhyming irish rats to death it will thus be seen that irish fairy lore well deserves to have been called by mr alfred nutt one of the leaning authorities on the subject as fair and bounteous a harvest of myth and romance as ever flourished among any race references alex carmichael carmina gadelica david comin the boyish exploits of finn the periodical folklore lady gregory cuchulane of muirthemna gods and fighting men miss eleanor hull the cuchulane saga in irish literature douglas hyde beside the fire a collection of gaelic irish folk stories Libar shelecha folk stories in irish irish penny journal patrick kennedy the fireside stories of ireland legendary fictions of the irish celt standish hayes o'grady silva gadelica wood martin traces of the elder faiths in ireland pagan ireland w y wentz the fairy faith in celtic countries lady wilde charms incantations etc celtic articles in hastings dictionary of religion and ethics end of section thirty two